Welcome to the Floor Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hadeen, owner of Illustrious Hardwoods in Mesa, Arizona. Returning friend of the show, Ron Nash, is here. I was getting asked, when when's Uncle Ron going to come on? He's got to come on and do an episode. And I, I found what I think is probably the, a really good topic for him to discuss. And it's it's not... We're not doing business per se, but it does deal with with business. We're going to get a little weird and, and wacky out there. And so I heard a curious thing, and it was that in Western civilization, when you're asked what you do or like, who are you, you will identify as the thing you do. And so you will immediately go to the job or being a student or a mother or something along those lines, whereas much of the world, when asked that question, will say, I'm the son or daughter of, and if you look back, and if you're spiritual or if you're Christian, right? you know, you go look at the Bible, and you can look at the very beginning part of a lot of the Old Testament stuff, and it'll be like, or uh, no, it's in Matthew or Luke, it's in one of the gospels but it's a really long list of the genealogy and it's you know so and so was the the son of so and so who was the son of so and so who was the son of so and so and it's it's a very traditional way of looking at it and when you identify as who you came from i think it not only makes family bonds stronger but then we don't get confused as to our place in the world. Whereas if you identify as a flooring installer, tile setter, Mm -hmm. these things that we do, and then you're fired, quit, have to transition to something new in life, then you're left with this existential crisis of, well, who who am I? Because you're Mm -hmm. not that thing anymore. Or when you retire, it's all of a sudden, well, I'm not that thing I've been doing for 30, 40 years. And uh, I want to I want to dig into kind of what this looks like and so Ron has had a a you know he's he's a he's many many things from <laughs> a you know he's a father he's a husband he's a dog trainer uh he studied botany he's an avid reader photographer artist and of course he's the president of Lady Crete North America but even within all of that these things have changed and evolved over the years from, you know, his, he's now a father-in-law. One of his daughters just got married and he used to be responsible for many, many small little girls. There's, there's three of them. (laughs) And that's a completely different ball game of how we deal with that, identify, do things in our life. And so I just want to kind of look at this as to how do we need to look at our personal identity, adjust it over the years. And maybe instead of identifying as the thing we do we need to identify as who we actually are all that being said i'll have ron introduce himself in just one minute floor academy podcast is here every week to help you grow your business change your mindset and hopefully you can become more profitable free up your time and go spend it with the people that matter most to you or doing things that you really truly enjoy and look i get it we can all enjoy the showers and the floors but there's other things we enjoy too. We need to go find those things, step back and get away from it as running a business is difficult. Uh, go check out floracademypod.com. Tons of files over there to help you run your business more effectively. If you want to get really serious about growing your business, check out our business therapy mastermind groups. I'm sticking five business owners into groups that I facilitate. We get down, we get dirty. We talk about the, you know, what's bothering you, what struggles you have, 
what's actually happening in your business, why you're getting hung up in certain areas and how to move it forward. And you get feedback from the other business owners. Everybody's vetted. You don't have to do the work. You don't have to facilitate it. You show up and you get down and you actually work on your business instead of just in it. So floracademypod.com forward slash mastermind. You can get all the information about that. And we've got a quick word from Cronus Soft. If you're looking for an easy and affordable way to manage your business, Cronus Flooring Software is your solution. Streamline your workflow for managing leads, inventory, and scheduling installations. It includes every feature needed to support your business at a very affordable price. It's extremely user-friendly and easy to navigate. Full integration with QuickBooks makes tracking your profitability as easy as clicking a button. Visit chronosoft.com today to schedule a demo. That's www.kronusoft.com. It is the CRM you are looking for. It was built by a flooring retail owner because the solutions on the market did not fit what he needed. And so now there is a solution built by an actual retailer that does this every day. So go check them out. There's a link in the show notes. That is enough out of me. Ron, let's see if we can do this without the <laughs> usual answer. Who are you? What do you do? And why do you do it? Yeah. So no pressure on that now, right? Okay. <laughs> so you know what's cool about this is um, I've always said, you know, too much in life, we're skipping philosophy class. I feel like there's two things that we, we've stopped doing. We stopped talking about philosophy and then we stopped talking about art, which I think are, are intimately connected, but, but um, this is an interesting, okay. So now this is interesting. This is really interesting. And um, that's what I love about you is that you always, you're, you're putting me into a different mind frame, (laughs) which, which is good. Um, First and foremost, I'm just a normal guy. (laughs) You know, I'm a, I'm a human trying to, make my way with my family and make as much of a positive impact on the world as possible. And um, now, of course, I can get really deep philosophical on a lot of these things. I, I, um, I am one that, you know, I like to think about, you know, what is my impact that I'm making with my, mm. uh, my life. Um, I spend a lot of time, uh, leading people and um, especially my organization, which I care very much about mm-hmm. trying to improve people's lives that way by helping them understand um, that behavior is the, you know, the predecessor to success. And that success is where we start talking about what is success, right? What is this philosophy? Um, it's so interesting <laughs> that you would be, uh, we'd be talking about this because of just recent things that have happened in my life that have helped me clarify. You know, one of the things that you mentioned is that I'm, I'm a husband. Mm-hmm. Um, I have only really loved one woman in my life, and her name is Tiffany Nash. And um, she's been a real partner to me and, and has made me f- want to be a better person ever since the very moment that I met her. And so I've dedicated a lot of a lot of what I do in order to try to be a good partner for her. So being a a partner um, also means that you have to be caring, you know. And mm-hmm. and recently, um, she has had to deal with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people might not know this, um, but um, she was diagnosed with breast cancer this year. 
luckily we have very good medical um, care and is, you know, as we've been saying recently, pretty soon this is going to be a scar and a memory. Thank God for the miracle of medicine. Yes. Right. But, but what that's done for me uh, has been very clarifying, really clarifying. And so I've spent a little bit of time thinking about, you know, my life. And I think that this is kind of, I don't know, maybe maybe meant to be that we have a conversation, uh, you know, um, wrapped around this. Mm -hmm. Well, a couple big I changes. I, yeah, right? I, I, you, you have yeah. a lot going on with your wife. Sorry to hear. Glad it's going well. And in that vein, I just lost my father. And, and so it was like he was battling cancer. And I, I get it. It starts you, you step back and you start looking at things very, very differently. But then, you know, your daughter got married. And so now she's no longer your little girl. You've had to pass her on to another man. And uh, obviously you trust him otherwise you know you never would have let her do it but and not that you can really do that but you know yeah deep down dad would wants to protect his, his little girl and she's not a baby anymore and so i she's not a baby I, and boy it sure does hit you when you when you uh it hits you when you're walking down the aisle that that is what goes through your head whether you like it or not that's what you mm -hmm. what goes through your head is that you hope that what you've done to get to this moment is enough mm -hmm. for her to leave the nest officially and start her own, her own deal. And by the way, it's really cool. It's I, really cool. I believe all of it. Yeah. I believe you on all of that. So I, I just, I want to, I, I want to let you keep going, but yeah, it's look, it's gotta be meant to be. But I, when I thought of this topic and, and all based off of what I heard, I, I was like, Ron's the guy for this conference. Like I just, I knew that this was going to happen. Um, but the fact that you're like, oh, no, like, I need to talk about this. That's really weird and crazy. Yeah, so life just works yeah. out. So um, so this is interesting because, one, I think we can take this from a philosophical approach. And um, at the same time, I think we should tip our hat to the spiritual. Mm -hmm. I, I really do. You know, obviously, your listeners are from every race, creed, background, you know, all yes. of these things. And um, I just want to start by level setting by saying I have a deep respect for the subject and I'm not uh, I wouldn't proselytite on here or if that's the word or, you know, I don't I don't think mm -hmm. that I have a lock on the on the right answer. Um, and, I, you know, before anything would be said about uh, philosophical uh, things, I want to say that I'm just very happy that there are spiritual people in this world. And I think that they don't get the love that they deserve for the work that they do to help um, make this world an easier place to understand, mm -hmm. to um, to navigate, and certainly when times are tough, to to have a longer scope and a longer perspective. Um, and I find that uh, whatever flavor of of background religion, Christian, Jew, whatever you call yourself, mm -hmm. uh, I have a lot of respect for that path. And I think that we, the world needs more people on that path. If you understand, if you pick up where I'm going, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I think that um, acknowledging that human beings are spiritual is not a bad thing in any way, because I think it acknowledges a lot of components of success and this is business as well. So yes. um, buckle up because I'm going to talk about those those connections between challenges in life and business 
um, can, if you only took a secular approach to living, become pretty dry, pretty quick, and pretty short-sighted in some cases pretty quick, and also maybe potentially the road to destruction for some. And we see that rise of the uh, the hustler bro culture that I think comes yeah. out in a lot of different ways that is just so out of balance. Yes. And, um, and I think it'd be great for us to acknowledge that for a minute. I completely am a hustler. Mm-hmm. 100%. I don't think you get to where you're at by not being one. I don't think this show exists without being one. Right. But there's a there's a level and this this hustle grind go 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 is sure. out of control. And, and there, if you there don't has have to be balance and harmony, if you don't have balance and harmony, then you're in trouble. And you're going to wind up making some pretty bad long-term decisions and and you know so so yeah. I would just, you know, if you could just like take that as a as a starting point for the conversation, I think that we can go to some pretty interesting mm-hmm. places because, you know, for me, um, I find that, like I said, acknowledging that human beings are spiritual is important. And I think that if you do a check-in with yourself on your mental state on a regular an emotional state, your physical state, and then your spiritual state, then you cover what I would call the four areas of reflection that will help you build a foundation that you can actually build a, um, you know, how whatever you want on a career, uh, a business, a relationship. And I, and I think, you know, that those, those two part start to be pretty important. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a member of a organization called YPO. Um, and it's uh, it's the Young um, Presidents Organization. It's an international organization for presidents of companies. And we get together um, quite regularly in, and we talk about as leaders, you know, our mental check-in, you know, our update on our family, our professional, but, but geared around the concept of are you, how are you doing mentally, mental centeredness or preparedness, you know, are, how are you emotionally in life? What are you doing to handle yourself physically? And then, and then ultimately we do talk about how we're, how we are connected spiritually and we mm-hmm. don't do it from, from a, um, you know, Hey, let's, let's get together and talk uh, as, as a religion, but more of like just a state of saying, are you acknowledging that you're a spiritual human? And, and by the way, I could take a completely atheist approach to this same subject and understand that, you know, this exists as well. Okay. But I can also take a very deep, but very deep Christian perspective of that same subject and then apply it across those four dimensions. And um, for me, I found um, in 1999, I bought a book called Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Okay. And um, outside of, I would say, the Bible, um, and maybe maybe some other you know other books along those along those lines, um, it had a huge impact on me. And Marcus Aurelius um, was a leader in Rome. He was you know, and uh, basically started to write 
meditations or or just writings that were never designed to be seen again. They were basically just his philosophical mm. um, handlings of leadership, his life, and those kind of things. And and it's and it's a key part of a philosophy called Stoic philosophy. Yes. And you know you hear this word Stoic. Oh, he's so Stoic on things. You know and and. What that means is, is that, you know, there's a mental framework wrapped around, um, you know, how they handle certain things in, in the world. And I found as a as a Christian thinking person at that moment that I was like, wow, this is really kind of addressing um, some things that are beyond the the just what I would learn in church or those kind of things. And, and they come alongside of it very, very well. Um, it's it's not a, a religion, but more of a philosophical framework. Mm-hmm. Well, and um so if I had like any um like any suggestions for young people trying to understand, hey, where do I start to develop a personal philosophy? You can't hurt by reading meditations or listening to it. There's a great YouTube, you can just YouTube Marcus Aurelius meditations, and there's some really good ones. And the concept is that you start thinking about bigger picture items. You know, like um like the acknowledgement, there's there's a um there's a concept called memento mori, which is the one of the foundations which says, basically, you could die tomorrow. You could. Mm-hmm. I could I could walk out to my car and on my way out, I could get hit by one of these trucks that were filling up with inset. And it would be a terrible accident and people would be sad. But what's the impact that I'm leaving behind? What would people say at your funeral, so to speak? Mm-hmm. In fact, if you think about, like, what would people write as my eulogy or who would come to my funeral? What impact am I making? I think that's a great place to start. Now, I know it sounds really morbid, but it's actually not morbid because you lean into it and you say, what legacy am I leaving and what changes are in this world because I've decided to help birth them? If you it, think about it, like that. yeah, it's it sounds like between you reading um, mementos was that what it was called? What was it? Meditations. Meditations. Sorry, I, um, that you know you. What I've realized is self externalization is not something small business owners generally do very well. And so, whether mm. you want to take it from the religious aspect and you want to pray, or I, I, you sure. you you want to look at it from this perspective of writing it down, it all sounds like it. it essentially, he was he was journaling, right? He was. It, it was just 100%. getting it out, and that's one of the biggest things that I've realized working with small business owners is that we we internalize everything and we think to ourselves because we don't have the people to bounce things off of. We don't have an organization such as yourself where there's a team of people to go and say, you know, I'm really struggling with this. Da 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 da. What do you think? It's all yes. internally processed, and you only get one answer that way, whereas when you take the time to write it out, say it aloud, and express yourself that way, it opens up the world and you start processing it differently. And so I love Absolutely. this concept of let you, you got to get it out. It, it doesn't matter yeah. how, whether it's talking it, writing it, drawing it, get it out so that you can deal with it and see it differently, and then you can put that puzzle piece Back together. Okay. So you're touching on something really cool that I can go scientific with really quick. And it's this concept of creating something. Mm-hmm. 
So when you are actually creating something and building something, you have a certain amount of energy that you that you wind up creating internally, your thought process, your sol- solving problems, you're you're starting to get on the same the same way. And the creative act is very powerful. And journaling is one way that's not only reflective, but you're also exercising creation at the same time. You're building something, you're leaving something behind. So that that's really, really a, a big part of it. And as you wind up taking that opportunity to, um, you know, reflect, that reflection is where you start thinking about, well, what do your natural natural thoughts go to? If you if you're really feeling run down, and you're thinking about your four dimensions that you need to be thinking about, physical is one of them. When you wind up not feeling well. You don't, you stop making excuses because you know that this is no, I always say this to my wife, no one's forcing me to shove food in my pie hole. Okay. Yes, correct. I, I just enjoy Brian, it. That's, that's my poor decision. <laughs> and I think a lot of it has to do with holding yourself accountable, um, you know, and self-accountability and self-reflection is incredibly powerful. And people avoid it and they avoid it in my experience. And when I say my experience, I mean, my personal experience is that people avoid it because it exposes truths Mm -hmm. that they're for one reason or another avoiding. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. But that's now we can get into, you know, why people drink and do drugs or whatever bad habit you have to to cope. And I don't want to go down that alley, but that's exactly what you're talking about. It's a fact. fact. I I don't want to struggle with something that's difficult and have to change. So I'm going to mask it with something else. Yes. Okay. So if we paused right now and didn't say another thing and everybody just said, you know what? I'm going to really consider this concept of like, what am I leaving in the world? And then how am I doing checking in, you know, with this, with this four dimensions. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you that your mental health will be a a conversation that you start talking about with yourself, even self-reflecting your emotional stability, meaning am I acting with my people that are in my life in a way that I would feel good about your physical stress would, you know, have to be addressed. And then ultimately you will naturally come to your spiritual conclusions. And the, and what I want to draw there is we are so fixated on how's my business doing this week, this month, this quarter, this payroll, this, this year, mm-hmm. how are we doing year over year? that we don't give ourselves the power of saying, what legacy am I leaving behind for generations that will be there after me? And then what is my impact, my personal impact, not Lady Crete's impact, although I hope I'm a big part of it, Mm -hmm. but my personal impact a hundred years from now. Mm. My, My residual, quote unquote, meditations that I leave behind Okay, Um, now we start getting into some really interesting philosophical uh, things because we're taking a longer scope on decision making and we're doing ourselves the courtesy of pausing for a second and acknowledging 
the good things and also potentially the things that we should drop from our journey. You know, I like to, I like to use words like journey, path, practice. Okay. okay? Yeah. Um, because if you think about being on a journey, we're not there yet. We're moving somewhere. So that would include intention or movement. When I think about path, it would be, I am directing how I show up, where I go, I am responsible for my next step on this path, right? Mm -hmm. And direction is I have got to develop a compass, okay, so to speak, that I can look at that will always point to north or true north, my guide of where I need to go. Now, this is where I get into some really interesting things, and I hope that you have great spiritual leaders that you wrap yourself around, whatever flavor you like. But the point is, is that, I like to judge them by the fruits of what they what they have put into the world. Okay, if you're going to look for a if you're going to look mm-hmm. for a, a how do I know who to follow or what to follow, let's look at the fruits of of what the philosophy or the practices left behind. Okay, that's going to yes. help me. So for me, I look at my sphere of input right? And I start drawing rings around myself. What is, what are my most important things? My role as a father, right? So rewarding, unbelievably rewarding, but also crazy challenging. As all things that are really worthwhile, you go through a very challenging part to get to the good stuff, right? And what I found with successful people is that they have the ability to push themselves through that challenging, painful part to enjoy some of the good part. And those around them often just think that they landed at the end result, you know? And so I think that that's an, that's an interesting, an interesting thing. And then of course, the, for lack of a better term, shit happens. Yes. It does. And, um, you know, Tiffany didn't do anything to contract her cancer. It was genetic, you know, it was mm-hmm, what it was. Mm-hmm. And um, thankfully, thankfully, everything's working great with that. But at the same time, at that moment of understanding what the diagnosis was and those kind of things, you start, you know, you can either spiral down or you can use this as a as a point of expanding your capacity to mm-hmm. endure painful things and then clarify your future. But you're not going to do that with no philosophy. No, I think that's what it, I, we've talked about on the show. In fact, um, Trask, our, our mutual friend, has has brought. Sure. We, we were talking, and he was like, "You have to understand that you solve problems." You're not a tile setter. You're not a flooring installer. You're not a shower builder. You're not a producer of of thin set. You Those solve problems. That's right. that's all we do is solve problems. And so when you realize that, and something occurs, it's not a big deal. It's nothing to freak out about. We don't need to, you know, run around like a chicken with our head cut off. You just identify the problem and say, "I know that solution," or "I have to go find a solution," and then and then you do it. And it sounds like that's what you and Tiffany were able to do. We were like, we're not going to freak out about it. There's, there's, and and Tiffany probably dealt with it more, right? But she was able to look and say, 
other people have experienced this. There are solutions. Now let's move towards those instead of having yeah. a pity party and feeling down and bad and, and like spiraling into that, which is then going to, I at least believe that, you know, if you have a positive mental outlook, it will help you whether you, you know, you're, you have a better chance if you can stay positive about your life as opposed to falling into it and giving up. A hundred percent. There's another concept called Amor Fati. And Amor Fati is, is Latin for loving your fate. And what what that means is um, did when when <laughs> when she was first diagnosed, of course, we freaked out. Mm-hmm. I freaked out. This is the love of my life we're talking about here. I get upset when she gets a cold, you know, so this was this was scary. It was mm-hmm. really, really scary. Nobody wants to hear the C word, you know, the, that's a, that's a bad diagnosis, you know? And, and, um, and we went through all those phases, but ultimately we had a moment where we were able to say, these things happen for a reason. And we need to really lean into the opportunity to grow closer and for it to clarify our relationship and love the opportunity that we can have beating this together. And um, thankfully it was such a great uh, medical and science is just so cool and it's come so far. And Mm -hmm. this used to be back in the day, a really bad, bad, bad thing. And now it's not as bad. Thank God for that. And I'm very thankful every moment for it, but also when we were talking the other night about how was 2023 for us, it was, yeah, we didn't get a chance. We we, we were going to go to Italy and we couldn't because, you know, of this. But at the same time, I love the fact that we spent a lot of time talking about important, beautiful, mm-hmm. awesome things because we don't want to waste our moments together now. I, well, so you love your fate then. Yeah, I think Italy's fun and experience, although yes. this experience brought you closer together to have deeper experiences together which is way and more important time, right and at the same time we were 100 percent present for my daughter's um marriage mm-hmm. meaning this was uh when when olivia got married we were in a very scary moment with this where we didn't we were still the test hadn't came back you know there was still like so much possibility of 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 what could potentially be horrible, you know? So you start looking at the juxtaposition of the beautiful love that you see that's starting to be woven together by my daughter, my oldest daughter, and how cool it is when people make a family who love each other and you watch that love bud when you're really in the moment, it's so cool. It's so awesome. And the clarification that we've had at that moment going, let's not make this cheap. Let's really be present for it made the whole thing better. And I know mm-hmm. that it sounds really kind of almost morbid, but, but it was such a clarifying moment for me. And then I think about that in the same context of what I was saying before, which is, you know, of course I could put all kinds of biblical statements to this and I could put all kinds of other spiritual things to it, but just to make your podcast as, as absolutely absorbable as possible, mm-hmm. of course all that was there, but, but, just philosophically loving what fate comes down and looking at every day as an opportunity to expand 
love in your life and impact in your life and those kind of things, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. And this is what I would consider to be a real pillar of a winning mindset, you know, ultimately. Yeah. I, no, I totally agree. And so I've got to interrupt us. But when when I come back from from the ad, yeah. I want to be able to talk about um, we're you're talking about being in the moment. And so, again, yeah. Western civilization is very much goal oriented at this point. And what are we going to do in five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road? What is it that we're we're working towards instead of being present here now and especially with the continual evolution of of technology it's getting worse to where you know it used to take over a week to get a, a letter across the country yeah. and and now we have news from around the world in seconds and it's yeah. there's a lot of distractions from what is really important and i think we need to find a way to hold on to that so i kind of want to dig in to that but real quick Compatible with all GoBoard products is the new GoBoard membrane. If you're asking why a membrane, when GoBoard itself is waterproof through and through, the answer is simple. A membrane extends your GoBoard installation for mud pans, steam rooms, and shared walls requiring a fire-rated board under the waterproofing. Now, who's going to be the most badass GoBoard installer out there? You are. Visit www.jm.com forward slash GoBoard for all the product details and don't forget about their really generous warranty and ability to use um, other sealants to work with their product. So they, they, you've got options when you, when you choose go board now. All right, Ron. So getting caught up, right? Again, you've, you've led, uh, you know, you've got the American dream. You started off as, as a sales rep and, and you've worked your way up. You're the president of the company now, but you also have the wife and and the kids and um, you got, you got the dogs running around, right? It, it's very storybook American dream, start here, build this thing. But I don't think any of it would have existed if you didn't learn how to experience moments with people. And I think it sounds like now you take that a little bit more seriously than maybe you did in the past, but it was still, you were, you've always been intentional with it. Most likely is is what it seems. So how is it that, you know, we need to focus in that area as opposed to like, it's good to have goals and we need to know where we're going. Like you said, right. We got to have a path and we, a destination and go on this journey, but we also have to be worried about the step we're taking now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, I am blessed a hundred percent and I would be absolutely, uh, uh, remiss if I didn't say that I've had, uh, the right opportunities put in front of me and that I've had the, um, the, the ability to grind through certain things in order to get, get to a point where I could do it. But, but I want to, I want to be clear though. Um, I'm not from money. I didn't, I didn't have, you know, I'm from, I'm from a regular common family in Southern Ohio. I I grew up in a town called Bethel. Google it, Google it. You know, um, there were 500 people in my, in my school total, you know? So I moved out on on my own very early in life uh, because, you know, just lots of things. If people want to get to know me personally, I'm more than happy to talk about that. But it's important to, to note that um, 
you gotta you gotta have the ability to support yourself, yeah. But a drive has to come in at some point where you you just make a decision that I will be successful, and um, and success to me turned into different things over different courses of my life. One of them happened a night in uh, nineteen ninety eight when I met Tiffany. Um, I was college student, you know, pay for school myself, mm-hmm. lived on my own, homeless for six months. I was homeless in college for six months, which okay. was the funnest camping trip I had ever <laughs> been on. Um, but, but I, you know, like I said, I didn't come from money and I met, and it, and when I was graduating, I met this girl and I was like, holy crap, if I'm going to really get her to take me seriously, I better get my, my game in gear mm-hmm. because she's high quality and I had to do some assessment of like what I was bringing to the table. And then, then that started to become a drive for me. And then there's nothing that makes a man more driven than seeing their first baby. And I, I'm going to tell you the moment mm-hmm. Olivia, um, I remember it like it was like literally yesterday um, when Olivia was born and we made eye contact, I chemically changed. Yeah. And oh, yeah. No longer, you know, no longer was it about me. Then m- me drifted away and I was like, okay, I want her to have a better life and better opportunities than I had. And I'm willing to grind myself to a bloody nub if it's necessary to make that happen. Yeah. So agree more, you know, so, so I think that there are things that we do as hum- humans right now that keep us numb to a voice. And I think it's really important that we start thinking about that voice. Um, alcohol, drugs, all those things, um, you know, I have a degree in botany. Uh, so I did some freelance pharmaceutical work in college. If you pick up what I'm saying, um, you know, there was, there was definitely uh, a time where I could have been off the reservation in one wrong move, right or left. Mm-hmm. And I could have had a very different future, very different. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, once again, that drive of like wanting to provide was a, was a big one for me. And the part of that comes into a very undiscussed, but very true as a father. And it's equal or greater for mothers, by the way. I'm just speaking from my experience. Mm-hmm. Once you flip that switch and it's truly flipped, some ma- magical things can happen for those around you. And for me, that was that was a big thing. So I... I I had to take those opportunities and those chances and I was willing to be uh, present as much as I could be on those things. So, so it's just one one thing when we talk about the things that numb us, um, I feel like there's a massive dopamine addiction in the world right now. And I've been, and I've been speaking to psychologists about this that are friends of mine. I've been, I've been reading books and articles about this. And I think that um, I have to in extreme ownership, I have to own my own, um, crap when it comes to a lot of these things, which is the dopamine addiction shows up in the need to be liked online or popular or, you know, um, scroll, 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 that death scrolling that happens now. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I think that when we start meditating on those four pillars that I was talking about, if you do an assessment in each one of those pillars as to what you're doing in order to numb each one of these feelings, I think if you started to write those things down, it would it would deliver a path that needs to be rectified or, or reconciled in your life. What I, I mean yeah, by that is yeah, yeah. If, if you say – Take social media, for example, which is my favorite thing to beat on lately because oh, it's super easy. Let, let's get rid of it. <laughs> you know, I think with all things that are that are very destructive, there's also some things that are, could be very powerful for the good. Yes. And and I think it's just how we show up, right? And um, And what you do with it. But it could be that glass of wine that turns into a bottle. It could be that, you know, one beer that turns into six to numb it out or it could be mm-hmm. you know uh, you know girl scout girl scout cookies come knocking on the door i'm going to eat the whole sleeve uh, th- it's all dopamine it all it all connects to the same yes you know to the same system and i find that people are now medicating their feelings they don't want to really feel their feels right so let's make sure that we medicate those and numb those as much as possible rather than taking a hard honest assessment as to where you are in life and mm-hmm. how your impact is on others well, that sounds like accountability, and crap, that's not fun at all. Nope. Well, I will tell you right now, one of the reasons why I'm standing here right now in this office is because I'm willing to be held accountable for all of the people that that work f- with me and all of the things that Laticrete does. I am willing to stand up and be held accountable for it. Well, that accountability cycle didn't start at Laticrete. It started with me personally saying, you know what? I'm not going to run from accountability. So there's one thing that Mm -hmm. I think is, is really an interesting thing. If I were teaching success in school, I'd be talking about how do you own and be accountable for as much as humanly possible within the organizations that you participate in. And by the way, that's the same thing for your family. Accountability is something that I think we find, we find that we're not interested in because it doesn't sound fun when we make mistakes. And we make mistakes. Yeah. Well, I, you look, you, I mean, you stated it, right? You met Tiffany and, and everything kind of changed. You're like, oh, I got to get my stuff together. Like, she's not she's not going to want a deadbeat. And and maybe you no. could have had a fun fling or, or whatever at that age, and she would have accepted it and then moved on. But you were like, mm-hmm. oh, no, 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 this girl's special. Like, I need to get my, my shit together so that she's interested in me and I can go and impress her dad and say, like, hey, look, I, I got this. I'm going to take care of her. And it, right. again, that's but, exactly you know, I, I met a girl at a gas station and, and here we are eight, 17 years later, eight, I don't know. It's, there you go. I it's getting it. up there at this point, but it, you know, that was it as I was like, okay, this one's different. Like I have to do something to keep her around and show her that like, I, I, I can do this. I can take care of you and, and provide for you. And it, that, you right. know, and then, so that was a switch. And then again, like, like you, right. My, my son was born. I was like, Oh, like I felt it in oh, the moment. Just, I was like, things just hit a different gear done. Like, okay, I have to protect this small thing and, and make the world better for him and, and make sure he's taken care of. And then my daughter came along and then I started the business and like each little thing, there's kind of this, you keep on finding more and more accountability, I think, but that's, I, I seek it out at this point as opposed to yeah. try and run away from it. And I don't know that everyone's, doing that. And again, I think that's why this conversation is important is that you need to realize as a business owner, as a husband or a father, as you know, someone's brother or sister, whatever it is, 
there is accountability in your life and you need to stop running away from it, reach out, grab it and say, I can be that person and more. And that's how you're going to move forward. Okay. So now we're talking about some interesting stuff because this is the, the seeds of leadership. This is the buds of real actual leadership and leadership are, is the, is the key to success. And I don't care what you intend to lead, but if you think about the world right now, now let's think about the world. The world is telling, you know, guys like me um, that you don't need to get married. You don't need to care about family. You can pretty much, you know, come and go. There's really no right and wrong. You can kind of behave however you want. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just the man trying to keep you down and all these things. And my thing is those are what you would consider to be olden day sirens trying to crash your ship on the rock of success. And if you think about the the constant noise that a father is is hearing right now and the constant noise that a single guy like I think about Hunter Buckway my 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 uh son-in-law now I even had this conversation with him the world right now is telling you that marriage isn't important I am telling you that marriage well while sometimes difficult is one of the greatest things that can possibly happen in your life. But like all great things, um, it won't come for free Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to humble yourself and become, become in some cases, a leader in some cases, subservient in all cases, humble, you know? And if you think about that as a, as a core, a core seed that you build your man hood pardon my, oh, the word but your manhood mm-hmm. around then you're then you're starting on philosophical foundations that have served humanity for thousands and thousands and thousands of years and you can find plenty of religious texts that support that in other other ways you know so i think that that becomes very interesting clarifying is, itself is it philosophical at the point after thousands of years of it working successfully and here we are at a juncture in Western civilization and and within the United States and and the short history of this country saying, now, you know what? Everything that's worked so far up to this point, it doesn't matter anymore. We we can just kind of do whatever we want. We're going to make some new rules. And it, for me, you know, that you can't do that. There's a reason that these things are are tried and true and, and really work. And so I feel with the way social media is going and, and just plenty of the issues in, in the media in general are, you just kind of look at it. You're like, okay, well, we can go down that road morally, but I don't yeah. see this planning out. Well, like this could be what destroys what was so great about this country. And we, and we can go, we can go no, down that I mean- road, but it's, it's even within this conversation, like there are things that, that work in order for, like you said, to be successful, you have to have accountability and you need to define this path and you need to go be a leader and and grow. And you have to, in order for people to respect you, you have to, there has to be something to look at. You know, yeah. you've, you've got to be able to show them, look, I know what I'm talking about. I've, I've done it. I, I, there, here is little parts of my success out in the world. You can go verify the story. Yeah. And, and that doesn't, exist now and yet you're being well, told it doesn't so matter but it does 
Yeah. So let's think about what is social. Social media is a microphone that any idiot can broadcast themselves on. Mm. I'm not calling you an idiot. Obviously, you're trying to, you know, you understand. It's like, but, but the fact of the matter is, is that anyone with an idea can put that idea in the market at scale. Yes. And the challenge is without strong foundational philosophies and in some cases with some people purposely manipulating those philosophies, um, you can get a group of a large group of people to come to the wrong conclusion, in my opinion. And I think that I like to look at things that are enduring and that will endure for the next thousand years. I'm interested in someone, um, an archaeologist, a thousand years from now finding Ron Nash's meditations and then that being picked up by someone and them saying, you know what, man, what would Ron do in this situation? Because he had to, you know, he had a great idea on how to handle struggle and mm-hmm. how to do these things. That's what I'm trying to leave behind, actually. You know, maybe not physically, but, you know, the the my legacy yeah. of my leadership impact. And when I say my leadership impact, it goes far beyond the walls of Ladacrete. Now, here's the thing I will say that about Ladacrete that I think is really important. I work with incredibly awesome humans. David Rothberg is not only my my um, leader, you know, literally leader, mm-hmm. but he's also a person that I absolutely align with him in in philosophical things. So I have elected by choice to put my life energy behind his efforts as well. But here's the great part. I made the conscious decision to do that. And I find that in this particular case, I would love it if people would look for things, even as simple as what we've talked about here, to start clarifying their world and then saying, what am I going to put my life energy into? Now, understand, as a, as a byproduct, I also have the opportunity to have a home to have a a dog that I love and of and a and three daughters that I absolutely love and mm-hmm. and enough and enough um to explore this world that we're in and it's so awesome this world is so cool and I love exploring it and interacting with it because I've built myself through sacrifice in some cases to get to this point where I could say you know what I can love my fate no matter what happens because I understand how the game works now. And if I were to behave badly at work one day and they were to say, you know what, Ron, I can't have you be the leader of, of, of Lady Creek North America anymore. Mm-hmm. It would crush me. I would be very, very, very hurt because I love this company so much. And I love the people. It's the people. I love them so much. But at the same time, I would look for the, I would look for I would amorfate. I would literally love my fate then even more. I would say this is the next step on my path. And thank God I don't have to mm-hmm. do that because I do love this company. And I love what I'm doing. But at the same time, I find that a lot of people just shortcut how I got here. And mm-hmm. I would be remiss mm-hmm. if I didn't tell you that there was time that I wanted to quit. When I say times, <laughs> a lot <laughs> over the over the years over the years i gotta tell you i've been you know 3 a.m on a late flight and just taking stock of my life going man am i in the right place or what and then i get back home to my wife 
and that energy reinvigorates me and then I get back on the horse and do it again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, but it, nothing comes for free and easy. But but at the same time, I think it, it, need, it needs to be stated that these things are connected to all things. And if we start compartmentalizing our life into work life and personal life, then you're shortcutting yourself of saying, what if I were able to find people that I align with their life goals and their energies that we can make some incredible impacts on a lot of humans by doing the same thing and helping people in a, in a way far beyond maybe what our product does. And that really is what, if you want to really talk about what gets me going, that's it. And I could go deep, 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 but I won't. Well, I, um, I think one of the things here is that we look for balance and that doesn't exist. And so while I said, like, I hate this hustle grind culture and I, I get it as an owner operator trying to build something like you have to go hard all day long in order to make it happen. But then you get so worn out that if, if you are married and you have kids, by the time you get home, you're worn out and people are like, well, you know, I just quit earlier, right? You, I can't do that. There's, there's things that need to get done. They, they need to go get done. The key is, and this was, again, like just an interesting thing I heard was, what if you flip it and you go as hard for your family or that other thing you want to invest your time in as you do for your job or your, your business or whatever. Right. So that's the balance. It's, I have to hustle and grind just as hard over here as I do over here. And I have to make it the a priority. And, and that I want to kind of dig into that next. So like, how has your life changed and evolved as you've moved through your career? So I, you know, your young college kid selling pharmaceuticals on the you know, black <laughs> no, market working and, botany and, and, uh, work, working in botany <laughs> working in botany okay all right all right you're, yeah. you're growing plants <laughs> yes uh Anyhow. and then you are you know you have getting a getting a wife having kids juggling a, a career that's advancing and, and taking you away from them mm -hmm. and and now again kids are grown uh, one of them's married they're all in college or ones shortly to be after this year, I shortly. believe somewhere, yeah. somewhere around there. Um, right. So like it's, they need less of you, you know, my son's mm -hmm. 13 now and it's not that he needs me around, but these are important years and, and I'm here, but he comes yeah. to me less because he can start putting things together on his own and, and solve things. It's, he's not two or three anymore. And so sure. what is this evolution been like and and how has your personal identity changed right you're you're yeah. still father but you're less father and more probably mentor and, and teacher now no the roles change yeah um so let's let's go back let's go back obviously when you're young you know 14 you're learning about life you know also you're picking up a lot of things that later on won't serve you a lot of a lot of uh, protection things that you put up in your in your childhood. As you get older, they wind up being a um, uh, uh, a challenge to you. Um, I have I'm the same way. But when I got to college, it was about the love of learning. Right? Um, I was paying for everything myself. Mm -hmm. So number one big thing that I did is I moved from Bethel, Ohio, to Utah. And when I got there, I had no money, <laughs> like literally no money. I had a 
truck, little pickup truck, an Isuzu Pup, which is just a terrible little tiny pickup truck. And I burnt the boat. You understand this concept of, of burning the boat? Mm-hmm. So if anybody sees Troy, the movie Troy, um, which we're going a lot of Greek today, um, the movie Troy, you know, uh, you know, when, when he brought his forces to, you know, to, uh, to war, they would burn the boats, which is basically saying, we ain't going back. We're either going to conquer or we're done. And for me, my boat burning moment was when I left my um, home situation and moved on my own to Utah where I had no friends and nobody except for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a huge thing. And by the way, that's the same philosophy that I've taken when I take every promotion that I've ever had at Lady Creighton. I've been here for 20 years. Um, I had a job. I tried to grow where I was planted. I tried to learn as much as I possibly can learn to be good at my job and then teach others along the way if possible, because there's the way I learn is through instruction. Mm -hmm. I have to, I have to intake the information and I have to turn around and teach somebody else about it. Then I'll understand it. And I started doing that, that turned into leadership position at the company pretty quickly. Um, then I started studying this leadership concept and um, meaning what does it mean to be a good leader? And then I burnt the boat again, meaning when I took the next jump to being in corporate leadership, I knew that there was no way I'm going back. This is either, this is either going to sink or I'm going to swim. And I had surrounded myself at that moment with great minds, people that um, thought were smarter than me and were better than me and would not put up with any of my weak spot, weak loser talk, you know, and I put a bunch of people that helped me stay accountable around me. Mm -hmm. And I, and I leaned into that accountability, you know, my really good friend who was in my office earlier today, who's doing great for anybody who knows him, his name, Ed Metcalf. Ed was, Ed was my leader for uh, 15 uh, directly for 15 of my 20 years here. And he is sharp very sharp person and helped me refine who I was as far as work product quality, um, being a human that, that, you know, made an impact. Right. And he was my leader and I leaned into his, his advice. And then I also surrounded myself with guys like a guy named Dan Liu, who you, you probably don't know, maybe not, not many people know, but he's one of the smartest, most intellectual people I've ever met in my whole life. And we started having philosophical discussions and he he helped me sharpen my mind and made mm-hmm. sure that I, I came into his office, that I had a sharp, not sharp as in like, I'm going to hurt you, but sharp as in well put together argument for my ideas. And he would not put up with anything less. And I, I appreciated him for the coaching and guidance rather than resenting him for mm-hmm. criticism. And he, and he poured that coaching and guidance into me. And then, of course, passion. Uh, Henry Rothberg, anybody who knows Henry Rothberg, he loves this company like unbelievable. And he has so much passion for life that just hanging out with him, he would not put up with you. If you did not love it as much as he did, he would not allow you to be around him. And so Mm -hmm. that caught on to me. And I'm speaking professionally, but these things bled over to my personal life. Because I don't believe in work life and personal life. I just think of life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so 
at the same time, I'm moving from in the organization, I'm having more strategic conversations. I'm learning through these people holding me accountable and helping me sharpen myself. I'm understanding how I need to make an impact business-wise on a different level. So they were coaching me and helping me. And then, of course, David. David um, started training me, like literally training not just me, but other executives. It was, you know, not just me. We would go to these North American Outdoor Leadership School engagements where you're where you're purposely put in uncomfortable positions mm-hmm. and you have to lead groups of people who are uncomfortable. You know, we were in the Wind River in Wyoming and it's raining and it's freezing cold and we have to do these these crazy treks across across land and we're completely uncomfortable. But there, you're learning so much about how you lead and how you show up when you're a negative and all these things. So, so anyway, the point is, is that as you can see, I was having these experiences professionally. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I'm coming home and I have to be present because here's the thing. I live in Utah and this office that I'm standing in is Connecticut. That's yeah. not a, not a walk. <laughs> no. Okay. So that means that my life is very different in the fact for the last 20 years, I have been traveling every single week almost to somewhere in the world. And so that also clarifies the time that I spend with my wife and my children. And that helped me be present. Because if you only have three of the seven days, in some cases that you're going to be home, you have to consider the impact as a father and as a as a spouse and mm-hmm. as as a community person. You don't have the time to waste. My wife and I do not argue over toothpaste. It's not worth it. We don't have the yeah. we don't have the time together to do it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, in fact, we just spoke about this. Tiffany and I were just in St. George visiting Ava at college. And on the drive back, which is four hours, we were like, you know, it is kind of crazy. We don't we don't argue about you know, the color of our walls and our house or all these things. And I think it's such a blessing the way we've lived because it is clarifying. I've literally said, oh, that's annoying. And then I have, then I've said, is it really annoying or is it important or not? And then it's not. And we move on. So we don't argue. And so, so you see what I'm saying though, if you could see how, you know, um, I, I realize I'm kind of rambling, but the point, the, the larger point here is yes, there is an evolution, and mm-hmm. no, I didn't get here on accident. No, you worked hard, but you had a lot of guidance too. You and I had, I sought the guidance. I I yes. literally went out after it, and then when they gave it to me, I loved them for it. There's a difference between listening to someone, and there's another thing by saying I love this person because they're helping me be a better human. Mm-hmm. That is the leadership that I learned from those people. There's, and that's that's the legacy that I want to live behind me. Yes. I, I've learned that look, people that struggle to find a mentor, I, mm. I, I don't understand. It, it's very easy to go find someone to mentor you. Generally, someone that is successful from your viewpoint is more mm. than happy to share back how they got there as long as you ask them. Yeah. The difficult part is, is that they're going to give you a bunch of information and you better go apply it because if you're not paying for the knowledge, then you, you have to demonstrate 
that you're actually doing it. They want to see you change, grow, learn, become different than you were. And so if you don't go do the work on all the things they're mentoring you on, you're going to find very quickly that they toss you to the side of the road and say, I'm not dealing with this anymore because you're not doing anything to be different. And yeah. that that's, I think, what makes all the difference in the world is you had people that you went and, and looked for and said, I need this skill set. You have it. Please help me. But then you actually did the work to change and grow and learn. And then you were you were grateful for it and showed them by doing those things. And they were willing to pour into you even more to help you get to another level. And I, business owners, there's this concept of, for some reason, small business owners think that they have something very, very unique. And we all have to do it ourselves. And so we're all trying to reinvent the wheel. There's systems and processes for how to run a business. Sure. Many people know them. There's not that big of a difference between Coke and Pepsi. They they run on the same thing. They have different formulas. The programs are all the same. Correct. They're all the same. Yeah. yeah. Whether, you know, and so it can be Latacrete or, or Mapai or pick somebody, right? Or it can be my flooring business and Joe Schmo's down the road from me. They all operate the same. There's very little differences. But for some reason, we think, oh, no, it's got to be. No, it's not you. It it is you. But you need to go learn how to be better instead of focusing on thinking that this is the greatest thing since sliced bread and nobody can do it the way you do it. There's plenty of people doing it the way you do it. You just need to go show people why you're different, which is a you thing, not a product thing. The product's the same. So uh, I, I think there's a lot in there of seek out people that will make you better. Don't accept doing it alone. If you are doing business alone, you're doing it wrong. It is not, it's not a one player sport. No, even if you're a singleton, even if you have no employees whatsoever, you have a network of people around you that their success is connected to your success. Mm-hmm. Even if I always say, are you friends and business partners with your sales reps that sell your stuff? Yes. And it's amazing how much those those uh, conversations can be helpful to, to people. And instead, people close it off or they, even worse, they say, oh, my sales rep's an idiot. Oh, is it really? Oh, well, that's too bad because it could be a good network for you. Um, you know, so, so. so I definitely, I definitely think there, there's there, but there is one thing I will say. Okay. You have to find good people. I mean, good, honest, real humans that are hard to find. And when you do find them, um, it's not a use situation. It's an amplify situation because they will amplify you. And then as you amplify, you need to amplify others because otherwise none of this works. If you're not now saying, okay, I've learned this seed of things here and I'm going to try to put it in business practice or I'm going to put it in my life practice or whatever. If you are not taking that opportunity to amplify someone else in your network, because believe it or not, someone likely looks up to you as well. And if you're not taking that, then you don't have the opportunity of what I'm experiencing now, which is really cool, that generational thing. Now I look at myself and say, how are you being the Dan Liu to 
this person? Mm-hmm. How are you being the David Rothberg to this to this industry? How are you being and, and you have a name that you can connect, but then you can now model positive behavior that help you be successful. And this is where the amplification happens. And by the way, here's a byproduct money. If you that- want money, if that's it, you're going to find it. And guess what? It'll stay around forever. I don't do the math. Mm-hmm. I don't need to. I do not need to because I do not care about that. What I care about is impact. And the more impact I make, as it just turns out, there's a financial reward that comes along with it. Yes, that's true. And I have no problem with that. And guess what? I also then turn around and try to be as generous as humanly possible because Mm -hmm. I've realized the more I can find and exercise gratitude and generosity, those are also things that take people to the very next level. And by the way, you are not going to find this in any hustler video. All right. Now, don't get me wrong. I enjoy hustle. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it. I got a hustle light. I turn the hustle on sometimes because things have to get done sometimes. Ultimately, though, through reflection, self-reflection, meditation, and, and certainly planning of my life, and I mean planning as down to the calendar level, I plan in that next level that I want to go to. And then I found myself so much success on the path that now I'm freaking addicted to it. I can't stop trying to improve my, my, mm-hmm. my argument. I can't stop thinking about the next thing because it's so fulfilling. And then this creation, um, I actually have a great book on that right here. This is called, it's the creative act, a way of being a way of being. Um, that's what I've discovered now. If you want to go to the very next level, and maybe it's at the top of Maslow's hierarchy of basic needs where self-actualization is or something like that. I'm mm-hmm. not for sure. But the point is, is ultimately you have to create something with this energy. And now as the roles start to change, and I think about leadership in the future, I think about things like legacy. What legacy am I leaving behind now that I have a little bit of taste of some influence. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now this is a sacred responsibility. Be careful with this, Ron. That's what I'm continually saying. Now I have to think about the the long scope of my behavior in the world and where I'm going. And then I have to hold myself to account when I behave badly. And by the way, I do. I'm Mm -hmm. on a path. I'm an imperfect person. So when I behave badly, what am I doing about that? And then you think about that and then you try to refine yourself and, and, And the byproduct is a higher EQ and a higher IQ and thumbs up. (laughs) Yeah. Higher EQ and a higher IQ. And um, those things are also fuel that goes into your tank of success. And success is a byproduct. And you start to become magnetic and people like you and they want to listen to you Mm -hmm. and they want to do the things. This is the path of what people are trying to sell you on those TikTok videos, but they don't really know how to get to guess what? Put your shoes on. Cause it's a hell of a lot of work that it is. And, and the pain, there's nothing good that happens in your life without the ability to push through the pain. I don't want to wake up tomorrow and come to work early. Well, Dan um, could only meet with me at 6am. So yes, I'm on Utah time, mm-hmm. which is two hours, two hours in the, 
back, but Dan wants me to meet me at 6 a.m. and I landed in JFK and it's 1 a.m. That means I'm going to get two hours of sleep tonight because I'm not going to be late for Dan. Yeah. It's what? I did that for months, years. Okay. So what? I'll sleep when I'm dead. And now I, now I look at that as sacrifices that I made and I'm happy I did it. Mm-hmm. And if you juxtapose this conversation and flip open your phone and turn on TikTok and you look at the message that is being sold there, and then you look at the message that we're talking about that we want, I want no money from, you do the math. I promise that if you try to walk this path or think about it and incorporate it into your life, success will follow. I, I couldn't agree more. It's This is, I stumbled, th- there's, flooring people are really good people. The, the tile industry is really good the people. The best people. I, They're I, really I, good people. I cannot believe what I, what I stumbled into by, you know, trying mm. to figure out what I want to do with my life. And, and then this is what I found and been able to create out of it. But it's been, that's exactly it, is I found good people and, and they said, oh, yeah, you want to be different? Okay, well, you can accomplish this and you can go and do this and you can apply this and go here. And it's been this ever building journey the past seven and a half years, eight years, uh, eight years <laughs> at this point. Oh, my goodness. Uh, of just, you know, okay, you're here. Well, this is how you get here and you're here and this is how you get here. And people just it's amazing what happens when you apply yourself, you get rid of the chip on your shoulder, you stop trying to play the victim, you take responsibility for not only what you've created, but what you want to be in life and say, I have the power to control this and I don't care what anybody else does or says around me. I'm going to go in this direction and it's going to work out. And you, it's gonna, you, you, you will have, have to kick and scream and drag, but you can get there. Yeah, for sure. And you have what it takes right now. You don't have to have an MBA. You don't have to, by the way, to be competitive in today's world of leaders, it's a piece of cake. Honestly, it's a piece of cake. There's so much people, people with no scruples, no morals, no, no, no values mm-hmm. out there. There are so many thousands of those people that the people who who do have a philosophy and do have a ability to be present and carry the conversation, the deep, good conversations that need to happen in order to hit the success, if you're those kind of people, you, you're already 75% there. The rest is just simply education and experience. Piece of freaking cake. That's the, I'm this, you got to realize, I was told when I was a kid in school that I was a slow learner. That's what they called them in the 80s. I was a slow learner. In fact, my parents, my mom, wanted to put me into a class that they called LD class, was learning disabled. Mm -hmm. When in actuality, now we know what they're called. They're called kids that just don't like to freaking listen. (laughs) And I was one of those kids. And Mm -hmm. heck, if you could put me in that class and I could, you know, screw around for a long time and make A's, why not? You know, but then I burnt the boats and I had to start putting food in my own mouth. Mm-hmm. And then then I started digging this thing that we call education and, and learning. But I was not told I was smart. And I'm still, in my mind, the dumbest person in the room. But I'll tell you right now, I'll outwork anyone. 
And that is the difference. And so, yep. I mean, this has been a fun conversation. Yeah, uh, and, no, I want to be respectful of your time. And, and, and I know it's we're pretty crazy because, you know, like I said, I've I've lately had a lot of these things on my mind. So, Kyle, thank you for letting me kind of uh, hey. kind of, you know, I hope it's been valuable for the audience. I, look, if it's <laughs> not, it is for me, right? And I, this this show started as as me wanting to get the info, so this is <laughs> is perfect. I just let everyone be a fly on the wall. That's the beauty of the show. Is you, yeah. this is the conversation that you get by going to Tice or Coverings or TSP or something like that? And I get to sit down and and have a drink and pick somebody's brain and learn something. And now everybody just gets to listen, and I do it all year round. It's fantastic. Yep. So, it, and it, it, in my personal opinion, if you didn't get something out of this, you're doing this whole listen to this podcast to grow your business thing wrong because there's tons of valuable things throughout this entire show. You just need to go get uncomfortable and apply them. And I know it sucks because I'm living it, but you can and do it too. You know, sometimes you just got to get weird, man. Uh, correct. Look, I think that's the... We just have to be able to talk it out. So I'm happy to be able to provide you with a therapy session, Ron. I'll, the yeah, bills, thank you. The I, bills I in the, it, I'll send the, the bill, bill to Terry. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> She'll take yeah, care of it. Yeah, and and look, we did this. Uh, now I don't have any lights. I got to turn my lights on in my office. <laughs> All right. It's so funny. No, I very much appreciate you joining us. Um, folks, that's going to do it. For us, I got to be respectful of Ron's time. He's got to get out of here. He's got, you know, a company to run and stuff. So take a look at Floor Academy Pod. Go go to the shop. Pick up a shirt, a hoodie. Uh, you know, again, it's Tice season. So get that fanny pack ordered and then show up to Tice and be the coolest kid around with a Floor Academy fanny pack so you can put all your swag in it. Uh, go to patreon.com forward slash floor Academy, even five bucks a month helps a lot in keeping this thing going so that you can continue to change your business and who you are as a professional and anything else. I, I think Memento okay. Mori, my brothers, Memento Mori. Okay. We got a coin. This will it be in my pocket at Tice. If you see me, the first person that sees me, I will hand you this silver Memento Mori coin from my pocket there you go now now you got even more reason to go to tice and and speaking of so it's it's not even nearing show season it is like show season by the time this episode's come comes out and so international surface event is returning to las vegas january 24th through 26th don't even mark your calendar just go buy the tickets and show up floor academy podcast listeners can have the opportunity to register for free Using the promo code Kyle, you can't screw this up. It's my name, K-Y-L-E, four letters. Type it in, free exhibition pass. So whether you're an installer, retailer, distributor, or serve in another capacity within our industry, TICE is a solid resource to expand your knowledge and networking base. You can also learn about the newest and industry-leading products coming to market. Stay up to date with the International Surfaces event page on Facebook or visit intlsurfaceevent.com. And, you know, you'll find Ron walking around the show. And if you do, you got to ask him for the Memento, Memento Moray coin. And you can, you, can be the, have you, one. you can be the winner. That's right. All right. Awesome. That'll do it for us this week, folks. We'll catch you on the next one.